Last week, I took you on a fishing trip to Canada to catch big northern pike. Today, we are going to South Africa in 1990, when Nelson Mandela had been released and the nation was on the cusp of freedom. People were talking about the new South Africa, and there were images of rainbows with people of all colors. There was this hope for the full citizenship and humanity, regardless of being Kosa or Zulu or white or what they would call colored. But the nation still remained under white control and townships were burning and people came to my door begging for food Violence simmered in the air. There was this constant state of fear. I only truly recognized this when I crossed the border into the neighboring nation of Namibia, formerly Southwest Africa. But this nation had won its independence. One person, one vote, free and fair elections on new humanity, they had crossed over the line. And when I crossed over that borderline, it was truly entering a new world. The fear almost immediately evaporated. Joy filled the air. And it was nothing less than miraculous. It has been quite a week in our nation. Started with some soul searching about the meaning of the Confederate flag, a symbol of white supremacy and racial hatred, and states are taking it down. But for some, not fast enough. At the funeral for the Reverend Pickney, the flag was still visible through the window of the arena where the funeral was being held and they had to put up paper to block the view of the Confederate flag during that funeral. And so we know that an activist climbed the pole in Charleston yesterday morning and took it down. She didn't wait for the legislative body to make the ruling. She took it down. She crossed the line. Our president preached a sermon in the African-American tradition in that arena, and he crossed the line between church and state. He spoke more about the grace of God along with gun control and the original sin of slavery. And he crossed the line. The Supreme Court ruled that marriage equality is the law of the land. No person may be denied the right to marry. There is no more same-sex marriage. There is only marriage. 
at the culmination of efforts to heal hearts and minds, to educate and to love, love, love. We crossed a line. But for many, we have crossed a line on states' rights. We have crossed a line on the meaning of marriage. There are lines, sometimes drawn subtly, other times drawn quite boldly. Many have been etched very deeply. And it's what makes this past week so remarkable and so historical. And some are so rejoicing of this new freedom and new wholeness. But for others, it feels as if our nation is falling apart. We are still in need of healing. The story that Mark tells us in his gospel today is a double healing. It starts with this straightforward request. And I want you to think about the number of opposites that Mark gives us in this story. These two women, an older woman who is unnamed, who is one of the crowd. She's poor. She spent all that she had. And she's worse. She's suffering. She's impure by the religious purity laws. She should not be in the crowd. She should not be touching anyone. And then we have a prominent man of the synagogue, and he gets a name. He's a man. He approaches Jesus as a person of status and leadership on behalf of a privileged child. Certainly he has the right by the cultural standards. And he comes and he makes this plea to Jesus to heal his daughter. And Jesus is on the way, but he's surrounded by the crowd and in the midst of this mission to heal the privileged. This woman comes and she touches Jesus and she crosses the line. And she's healed. She knows she crossed the line. Jesus knows that somebody crossed the line. And he stops. He stops to pay attention to a nameless, older, impure, suffering woman. He calls her daughter. She is healed, not just in her body. She is welcomed back into the family. She is no longer an outcast. She is restored to wholeness because she acted. Faith is making the action. Faith is not simply that she believed in her head. Faith was taking that step to cross the line where she should never have done it. And yet she did. Jesus crossed a line by stopping and paying attention to her. 
the leader of the synagogue's daughter is dead. You shouldn't have stopped Jesus. You shouldn't have given the privilege. You should have kept going. Now it's gone. And Jesus says, no. He rejects the notion that stopping to heal the poor will cause the death of the privileged. Even when everybody is laughing at him, he goes. And he picks up that child and he says, she's not dead. She's sleeping. And he lifts her up and restores her to life. The child lives. The future lives. The privileged class is promised healing. See, it's all bound up together. That's why Mark sandwiches these two together. One's healing is contingent upon, contingent upon the other. We cannot separate them. It has to be that way. Today we are called to cross the lines for the sake of love and compassion. We are called to cross the lines when love demands it. This doesn't mean that we cross all the lines. Lines are drawn for reasons. We don't cross the yellow line on the road. We don't let people cut in line in front of us. We cross the line, and we are called to cross the line when love and compassion demands it. Today, we are called to cross lines for the sake of the healing of humanity. As soon as that Confederate flag came down within hours, it was back up. We still have more soul-searching to do. And the healing of white people is bound up in the healing of black people. The future depends upon naming the sins of the past and finding transformation in the courage of our black sisters and brothers and the faith that helps them live beyond fear, that help them cross that line to forgiveness. We have much to learn from the African-American experience of faith. Our future as a nation depends on it. People in churches like CCPC must cross the line to learn about the black faith, maybe even black theology, maybe even black liberation theology. We celebrate the right to marry for gay and lesbian people, but we remember that this was a five to four vote. And the division in the court reflects the divisions in our nation. And there will be religious voices who protest the right to marry. 
and say that the lines in the Bible are clear. Marriage is between a man and a woman. And it will take faith to speak a loud Christian voice that Jesus crossed the lines to heal humanity. Jesus crossed the lines when compassion demands it. Expanding the right to marry to those who love each other enough to cross such deeply etched lines rather than destroying the future of marriage strengthens the institution. The health of our families, the health of all that marriage means, means that we pause and we heal those who have been denied and suffered. And it will bring healing for all. So the healing miracles in our story today are not about just the two women healing. And they're not just about class and gender and purity laws. They are about the future of life and the future of our human family. When we cross the lines in the name of the love of God and the grace of Christ Jesus for the sake of compassion, when we work on that justice for the poor and the outcast and the despised, all are healed. We are bound together, our lives, our future, straight, gay, rich, poor, privileged, oppressed, male, female, white, black, conservative, progressive. And when we can see this, and when we have the faith, the courage to act on the belief that Jesus does and can and will and has healed and opened up the future for us, when we have that faith to cross the lines with Jesus, we will enter a new world where fear evaporates and joy fills the air. And it is nothing short of miraculous. Amen.